Hi, Andy from the Dinosaur Man Nerdcast here. Um, just quickly before we start, I just wanted to uh, quickly plug Matt McGowan, who gave us our idea for our 50th episode, um, all regarding Guilty Pleasures, is actually doing a 24-hour live stream this Friday, uh, Friday the 23rd, 23rd. <laughs> 23rd of September. Um, so he's basically doing it, a 24-hour live stream of him playing games. On Twitch. Uh, on Twitch, yes. Uh, for... for Macmillan Cancer Research? Yes, yes. So he's raising money for Macmillan. Um, it's a really great cause and he's a really great guy. So if you can get a chance to support him or even donate to him, it's great. You can find him on Twitch under hey underscore mcg, which is h-e-y underscore m-c-g. Um, that's his Twitch account. Is he just appealing out to the director mcg? Yes, a really big fan um, of Terminator Salvation well, and Charlie well, Angels. His, Charlie's his theory Angels, is he had that before McG came to prominence, therefore, fuck him. He had his Twitch account before McG? Yes. What? McG wow. hasn't got one yet. Early so. adopter. But um, he's got that on Twitch, but he's also got um, a Twitter account under, me, under the same. So find him on Twitter and follow his updates, but also find him on Twitch and follow along on Friday. Mm-hmm. Until then. And is that a donation type thing? Uh, yeah, you can donate. He's sponsoring. Yeah, they're, they're sponsoring be, his twenty-four hours. There'll be a thing. Yeah, and you can sponsor okay. it. And basically, he's starting at like seven in the morning on the Friday, mm. and he's going all the way until like seven in the morning on the Saturday. So, if you get a chance to watch long, um, give him some support because he's going to need it. Mm. Um, until then, here's the episode. the Dinosaur Man Nerdcast. I'm Andy Hughes. I'm here with Alex Hudson. And I say, hey, hey, what a wonderful kind of day where we can learn and laugh and play <laughs> and get along with each other. You got to listen to the rhythm, listen to the beat. No, it ends there. Ends there. Second verse. It's a simple message. And it, it comes from the heart. Believe in yourself. Believe in yourself. That is the place to start. Burn up, burn up, burn up. Arthur. Yeah, welcome to the midweek episode. Uh, the last episode came out in the end on yesterday, Someday, I think, I don't like know. Tuesday. Um, now, for some reason, the site we used to upload the episodes didn't want to work. Uh, you uploaded it on Sunday, yes, and it, in accordance with our Sunday rules, and it didn't end up coming up until Tuesday because some bullshit. Also, when you listen to that episode. Something's fucked up with the sound. It was the episode that didn't want to get made. It really didn't. Like, and it's a shame because it's a good episode. Like, and the problem yeah. is, we tried to bring Barrett back onto the podcast. And he broke it. And he broke it. Twice. Um, so we thought we'd bring it up because... If you are listening to it, or you have listened to it, and you've gone, oh, it sounds a bit shit, don't worry. We know that, we, too. We know that, and we are sorry. We are, because I don't know what happened. We're basically. not sure it's our fault, though. Um, I think it might be down to bullshit laptop. 
I think it bullshit Barrett, but okay, fine. Bullshit <laughs> laptops and bullshit Barrett's equal... The reason we got rid of him in the first place... Was because he kept ruining everything. Well, just because he was bullshit. <laughs> um, um, so yeah. we thought we'd get that out of the way, you know. Cl- clear the air. Clear the air. Cause yeah, don't hate us. We, we know as much as you do that that, for some reason, sounded like... What did it sound like? It, it sounded, sounded like a ghost like we in the machine. It sounded... Now, I know I mentioned this only last week, but it sounded like in The Conjuring 2 when the old man speaks to the little girl. <laughs> And then the old man's just... Uh, spoiler alert. The old man isn't even the real threat in this film. It's not a good film. Yeah, okay, that's, that's so Conjuring 2 we're gonna the third do, time. We're going to do news and reviews today. What? What? Uh, we're going to do a bit, little, little bit of news, and then we're going to talk Kubo and the Two Strings. Kubo. And hunt for the... Wilder people. All right, Truffle Hound. Where's the news? First <laughs> uh, bit of news. So Netflix have said they want 50% of their content yes. to be original. I want it to be original as well, because at the moment 50% of their content is all of the Scream series sequels that aren't any good, and also Beverly Hills Chihuahua 1, 2, 3, and 4. <laughs> but like, so There's Netflix... only a few more titles on that thing, and they're all original. It's that, and then Stranger Things. As <laughs> a cards. Uh, like Netflix yeah. started out because they started out with all these kind of movies and stuff. They were a place to stream movies, mm-hmm. um, and only recently, really, in the last, like, recently in the grand scheme of things, yeah, they started producing their own originals. So they brought out like House of Cards, Orange Is the New Black, all these series. Are you happy to see them go in a? In well, a... their original content is undeniably good. No, there is by some shit and large. In there. Uh, yeah, yeah. Obviously, there's but nobody has a hundred percent hit rate. Yeah. You can't have all of the good stuff and then be like, well, that's us then. We're not going to make any more terrible things. Of course they will. The stuff like, it's Narcos. Uh, that's, that's also them. Apparently that's yeah. supposed to be really good. Yeah. And that's just got... Chef's seasons. Table, that's them. Good if you like food. <laughs> um, what else? But are you happy to see them go in a direction where they where they go? Okay, at least half of the content on this will be from us. Yeah. Well, you know, they they've realised that that's the changing marketplace, that they are now a major player in terms of uh, sort of television, if you're going to call it television, what they're doing. Um, you know, you've seen you've seen some you've seen some shows like uh, what's it called, Orange Is the New Black, be recognised awards wise. Well, no, I think House of won, Cards have recognised awards wise. Thirty Emmys altogether, they've won now. Yeah, and you think, well, that surely announces your arrival as one of the a main big, player. You know, in terms of. You, you're up there alongside network television in America as being the alternative to that and actually make much better shows than most of those channels were. What I like as well is there's a huge variety of shows. Yeah, they well. don't they don't stick to just doing heavy hitting dramas. No, I really, comedies I really enjoy uh, House Cards, but then I also enjoy all the original stuff they're doing with Marvel mm. as well. But they're also great in terms of giving stand-up specials to people who aren't getting those on HBO or on stuff like that. They're all going to Netflix now, and Netflix are providing an outlet for stand-up comedians to be like, here is my stuff. And because it's Netflix, they then make it available worldwide. So you're hitting audiences that you would never have got to before, necessarily, as stand-up comedians. So it's quite good for those kind of people who are struggling to get out of touring road comic status maybe mm-hmm. or have appeared on a tv show in america that maybe we haven't even got yet let alone people in you know libya belarus ukraine whatever yeah 
So it's that global sense, I think, that's really attractive to people going across there and saying, we want to make content for you guys and we're willing to because you get your voice out there and you get your yourself some recognition the thing is no if you go on netflix and you see something you've never heard of but you see it's a netflix original would you be more willing to give that a go maybe maybe if it doesn't it's have not, adam sandler in yeah, it it's you not know, a foolproof system because the adam got, sandler caveat you've of... got adam sandler and now ricky gervais and i just don't know if i can trust them all the time but BoJack is one of the prime examples of a sort of weirder comedy show that wouldn't necessarily have drawn my attention. Wouldn't have flourished on network either, I don't think. Uh, I think maybe on Adult Swim would have been the key place for that to go. But, you know, if Netflix have picked it up and they've decided, let's go with this, more power to them. And I, I think, yeah, it's, it's probably about time that they start putting even more of their investment Would into. you still want the other stuff? Yeah, though? Would yeah you of still... course. So you wouldn't want it to go 100% uh, Not 100%, because I think, I think the, the attractive option with Netflix is that you've got that stuff there, and by and large, their TV series are very, very good. But Netflix is all about having a huge library of films that you wouldn't necessarily have available to you. Mm-hmm. Admittedly, a lot of them are shit, you know, Lake Placid versus Anaconda is a, a great <laughs> film. But on the other hand, the you know the Lobster recently went up on there. Yeah, and again, you're reaching an audience that you might not necessarily. You know, but they're doing really who, well. Who missed it the first time round get a chance to see better film. There's uh, there's a lot of critically acclaimed films on well, there. Well, they're doing really well at getting things on there fast as well. Like Creed is already on there. Yeah, and that's something that yes came out the latter side of um, the year in America, but only came out but here only in came January. Here. Yeah, yeah. So, so, it's amazing that they're getting these films turned around so fast to go in acting. Yet, yeah. I think they've got a deal now where basically as soon as it comes out on DVD, for I can't remember what studio it is, it goes to Netflix. Mm. I think it works, and I think uh, I think they'd be foolish to do away with the non-original content, the bought-in content completely, because it is what makes that a, a, a decent option, because you think you want to have the ability to go, well, there's great shows on there, there's great original stuff, but you also want to be like, well, maybe I want to watch Friday the 13th, part 12. <laughs> That's Only you. There's not part Only 12. You. It's part 6, I think it's on there. It's the one with Corey Feldman. <laughs> okay, cool. Netflix, done. Done. Corey Feldman, okay. conversation killer. It's like a palate cleanser. News item 2. Um, I thought... Headline me. We don't really talk about this kind of stuff that often, but I thought you might have some interesting stuff to say on your feelings towards it. Um, because you showed it me the other day. I thought we were talking about the Resident Evil trailer. Ah, okay. So Resident Evil 7 is coming out. Biohazard. Um, Biohazard. And they hadn't really shown much, apart from this kind of grainy mm. trailer, um, but they showed kind of a gameplay trailer the yes. other day. Do you want to explain a bit more about this? So Resident Evil 7 was an intriguing prospect to me, because I'm a big fan of the Resident Evil games. They have taken a direction since sort of number four onwards, where they seem to have drifted in towards more action games. Yeah. uh, And it's not even survival horror, it's sort of survival no horror. Hmm. Because as soon as they did away with the zombies, you started being like, okay, so what's this now about? And it got a little bit weird, and... I've not played, admittedly, I've not played the most recent couple of installments, but I've seen them and I've gone, I don't think they're for me. But the first one, and then when they when they moved them all over to Nintendo, um, when the GameCube came out and they re-released yeah. uh, the original and then they released per, uh, Resident Evil Zero, which mm-hmm. was almost as good as the original, I really think. 
it was quite uh, quite a revelation for me because I was going, oh, okay, so this is a game that combines yeah. horror and gaming to make something that genuinely feels terrifying. I think those because remasters... those fixed camera angles. Yeah. That's that's the dream. Those remasters reinvigorated the franchise for me as well. Yeah, I think that that franchise would have died because had they not of <laughs> some of the dialogue in that first one is that the voice acting yeah. at least is terrible first time round. Mm. And what they did really nicely was they kind of changed some of it, and made it actually work. Yeah, and to be honest, you know that's the thing that worked. Resident Evil Four I have on GameCube, mm-hmm. and the the voice acting in it is very good. The story is fairly solid. It's just without zombies, it doesn't really feel like a Resident Evil game. It, mm-hmm. It's still a good enough game, but it's not good enough in terms of well, it's a Resident Evil game. So Biohazard uh, or Resident Evil Seven or whatever they call it, Biohazard. Interestingly, that was the Japanese title, I believe, for Resident Evil mm. for the whole series. I believe it's called Biohazard over there. I'd so need to so does this mean that. this one's called Biohazard? Biohazard. Biohazard. It might be called Biohazard Seven, Resident Biohazard. Evil. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but essentially, the, um, the the sort of teaser trailer was released at E3, I'm guessing, or one of the big conferences Probably, this yeah. year. Well, no, the first trailer we saw was E3, yeah. Yeah, the black and white one. Yeah. And it sort of, it, it gave nothing away. It just sort of had you moving slowly, one shot panning through a, a house, right? Eerie music. Eerie music and just a weird looking house. Fine. Get on board with that, and that got my that got my attention because I was like, okay, so maybe this is a return to the basics. Maybe yeah. this is a return to what we know as Resident Evil. The gameplay trailer was released, I think, last week, and mm. I've watched it a couple of times now. Now, it's completely undone all of the good work that the teaser trailer <laughs> did because it's given you far too much of what's going to happen in that film, and it is again not a Resident Evil film. What they've done is they've created another another game. Sorry, I keep saying film. I yeah, yeah, I was letting you let it slide. They've created another Resident Evil game that doesn't have zombies necessarily. Or it might have. It's too early yeah. to tell. But what it has is a weird cannibalistic family that sounds a lot like the setup for Texas Chainsaw Massacre. In actual fact, the scene in the gameplay trailer <laughs> is a scene from Texas Chainsaw Massacre where... Uh, I think, okay, fine. In the film, it's a woman who's strapped to the chair. In the game, it is a man who's strapped to that chair. Mm. But you've got the char- cast of characters around. The only thing that's missing is Leatherface. That's that's all you're missing to make that into Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And it just feels like such a cop-out to have so- gone, okay, so we're going to do a zombie, a zombie game, but actually, we're still not going to make a zombie game. What we're going to make is a game that is based loosely upon a film about some cannibals. Okay, fine. But that's that was four, five, and six all over again, I think. Yeah, and I, I asked somebody about this, because I was speaking to somebody who's quite a big gamer, um, and I said about the whole uh, Tex Chainsaw Massacre thing. Yeah. And they said they saw it more as a homage, but I was like, the problem is, it's too close to be. But the thing is, if it's an homage, then that's fine. You can make homages to things, and that's, that's okay. But you've, you've literally ported it. Word for word, or you, you know, there's it's beat for beat, it feels like the same thing. And you think, okay, I get that that's what you're going for, but are you making a zombie game or are you not? Hmm. If you're not, then that's fine. If this is the direction the game series is now taken, fine, but you've just got to, as a fan, step back and go, Well, that franchise is now dead to me. <laughs> I like up until Resident Evil 4, and then Resident Evil 4 through to 7 seems like it's a new series that is about other things, yeah. Fine. Both good series on their own, I'm sure. 
but not the same series. And, it might and be... it's sad that in the it's the twentieth anniversary of the first game, isn't so, it? Yeah, yeah, those... And you think it would have been a nice time to come back and say we've done it. We've here we are, because it. it's next year. It's coming out, I think. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, early next year. And it we'll see how it things. goes, but it just for me, I'm just not. I'm not convinced. It might be one of those things that we come back to when it is actually out and go, let's see whether or not... Because, like I said, at the end of the day, it's a gameplay teaser, and it's one of those that you yeah. can't really tell really what you're going to get from it. And he's giving us an idea, but maybe maybe we're judging it too early. But From what I've seen, it looks very cinematic, and it does look like a proper horror film. Yeah. But the important problem is it doesn't look like it's going to be grounded in that world mm-hmm. of... The tea bite. And like you said, it's a shame because I remember when I was a kid, I used to like spend so much time just sit and watch my brother play Resident Evil. Yeah. And I was so engrossed in those games. Um, and I just want to get back to what they were. Sure. Um, and you know, like I said, my, maybe we're just. Maybe we're too old for this maybe shit. Maybe we're now. too old for this yeah. shit. Maybe we've Danny Glovered this situation. <laughs> okay, um, well, let's move on. That's a bit of a out of the ordinary. Yeah, it's not something we normally talk about, but I thought, seeing as. It was something you actually sat me down and made me watch the other day. Yeah, I thought I it might like, be interesting hey, to actually talk. I've discovered that games are still a thing. <laughs> they didn't end with Alien Pong. Isolation. Um, just as a last bit of news, mm. um, Spider-Man. Okay, we had two weeks Spider-Man since we've news. had Spider-Man news. Um, basically, they did some set photos. So some set photos of oh. um, they showed some aerial aerial yeah. stunts and also. I was swinging. It's nothing important. I just felt right, that we okay. needed to speak about Spider-Man because we hadn't done it for two weeks. I thought you were going to talk about a 500-foot wall or whatever. Oh, no. Imagine they built a... Okay. Breaking news. Spider-Man no, okay. Homecoming. Oh, actually, I do have point. breaking news. Oh, yeah. It's not breaking, breaking. It's from, like, two months ago, but I only found out today. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> one of the films I was most anticipating for this year, it wasn't on my most anticipated list, but that's because I didn't know it was being released this year. Now isn't being released this year. Uh, the founder, the um, oh, the, the Ray Kroc story, yeah, the Michael Keaton story about the um, the guy who franchised uh, McDonald's, yeah, uh, is sadly now pushed back until I believe February over here. I Ooh. think they're going to try and release it in the states around December so that it's eligible for, for award Oscars. season. But it was due out. The initial release date was uh, next week, so it's quite a sad, sad day Terrible. to be me. Or, or a fan of McDonald's. Which I am both. I am me <laughs> and a fan of McDonald's. I think, I think uh, Ray Kroc is the most yeah. interesting man who's ever lived. <laughs> really? He's up there in my dinner party lists. Like, if you know your dream dinner yeah, yeah, party, yeah. He's, he's got a reserved seat all the time. So do you, Michael Crocker... Michael Crocker. Who's Michael Crocker? I don't know. Are you thinking of Michael Soccer? <laughs> I don't know. Old friend of ours, Michael Soccer, who Ray I don't Croc. think remembers us anymore. Yeah, Ray Croc. Yeah, now he's gone Hollywood. <laughs> so you, well, Ray Croc, Hollywood. Michael Soccer, um, Bruce, Bruce Springsteen, and Timothy Ridley Dalton. Scott. Genuinely, yes, Timothy Dalton would be there. That's your five. No, I've got to make it. No, there's there's more than that. I'm a good how many, cook. How many seats? How many seats? Eight. Eight. Okay. This is a, um, this is an episode for another we've also time. We've got Angela Lansbury. Okay. Um, Bjork. I like Bjork. And I think she um, does interesting things with music. The lead singer of Catatonia. Don't know her name. Oh, um, Terris Matthews. Terris Matthews. Yeah, of course it is. <laughs> that's your. That's your. Difference. Really enjoyed her one series on I'm a Celebrity. Get me out of here. <laughs> I think I don't know. Uh, okay, so reviews. <laughs> Moving swiftly on from that ill-judged segment called 
what dinner party guest will never be invited to this podcast again. <laughs> I think you get Keris. I don't think so. She's got <laughs> she's got Radio Six Music now. Ah, uh, yeah, she's she's, she's, six music, she's, she's far six above us. Music. Okay, <laughs> reviews. So first off, the bat. We're talking of bats. Michael Keaton, who plays Ray Kroc in that film, was Batman. Yeah, yeah. So everything is a circle. Oh, circle. Everything is a circle, apart from squares. They are squares. <laughs> anyway. Kubo and the Two Strings came out last week, and we saw it this week. Yes, we we went to the new again. animation from Leica. How did you like it? Come on, strong, strong pun, shot pun. <laughs> I can edit that silence out. <laughs> I won't. Um, no, I loved it. It's I great, really enjoyed it? it. Really enjoyed it. Uh, so, tell us, what's Kubo and the Two Strings about? Okay, so Kubo and the Two Strings is the new animation from Leica, who recently have done Coraline and Paranorman, which have been basically advancing stop motion yeah. um, in remarkable ways, to the point where you genuinely forget that it's stop motion for large majority of the mm-hmm. film, I think. Uh, but the story is of Kubo, who's a young boy who has this skill, of this ability to bring stories to life through creating little origami characters and then playing this guitar. And as he plays this guitar, the characters come to life and act out the story he's telling. And it's a story that deals basically with a lot of loss and heartbreak and... A lot of death for a kid's film. But I think this is this is something that Leica, I think, are very good at, is dealing with... And not just Leica, but animation is a very good way of doing this, of dealing with slightly harder thing we talked about it on the podcast that sounds awful um but we talked about how you're able to sort of cover some of the darker stuff yeah um, and this one does it excellently but he basically gets transported to this sort of it's not a far away land well it is a far away land isn't it but it's not in a different dimension or anything it's a ju- it's a journey movie it's, it's a journey where finding certain MacGuffins to yeah you've got to find x amount of this in order to get back to there and defeat the thing. It's like a Zelda game. It's essentially a Zelda game, but with guitars and no uh, masks or ocarinas. Oh, there's an ocarina <laughs> in one, yeah, okay. So yeah. together they could form a very interesting band. Ooh, an ocarina. very limited guitar. band. Who's on lead ocarina? That's Link. <laughs> and on rhythm guitar, Kubo. Who's the drums? Donkey Konga. Ah. It all comes full circle. Back to games again. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so the story is then him trying to get back to his village uh, with the help of his monkey companion and his beetle companion, who are played by Charlize Theron and Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. Who put in really excellent performances. I think everyone did. Everyone did. I I can't remember the kid's name now who plays plays Kubo, but again, excellent from him. Um, but Matthew McConaughey is having a lot of fun with his character. Charlie Theron's having a lot of fun with their character. The back and forth between yes. them is really good. It's really humorous as well. Like it's, it's really it's, funny. It's so funny, and it as a sort of adventure film, it really works. I think. I think it's it's a nice treat to have to be to be going to the cinema and just have sort of eighty eight minutes of just sort of you sit down, and you go. Let's see where we go. And it, it, it tugs at your heartstrings. It's an, it's an adventure it, for you as much as it is the character. 
And the thing is, I got quite psyched for this film when I saw the first trailer. Oh, I deliberately didn't watch anything. I've saw, as soon as I found out we were going to see it, I just went, you know what, the less I know about this, the better. And I genuinely sat down going, I have no idea what happened. Well, I knew nothing about it, really, until I saw the first trailer months and months ago. Mm. Um, and I watched that trailer and I went, I'm really on board for that, actually. That yeah. looks like it looks something. And yes, it's a kid's film, but it looks like it has enough for me. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'm going to go watch it. Um, and I, it didn't disappoint me at all. No. I thought, I thought, you know, there's a nice bit right at the end, um, like after the credits, there's a little bit where you see them building the stop motion. Yeah, um, that's incredible. That's really yeah. nice it's to see how much effort they went in and how, how long it takes. Um, and it's only like about 30 seconds you see them building it, but it's really nice to see. And when you think back on this entire film and you go, how hard this must how have been. How painstaking. How... But, it, how it pays off because the performances are great. The story, I think, is really interesting. I don't know if it's an actual Japanese folktale. I'm not sure. But I can't say for definite. For some reason, I think I heard that. Right. Well, but, I wouldn't want to say either way, but what I will say is it is worth a watch. It, like, it's... Of everything that's out in the cinema at the moment, I've seen a fair bit of it at the moment. It really is one of the standouts. And mm. in terms of a kid's film that also appeals to adults, you don't get huge amounts of those necessarily. The Pixar ones tend to be the best examples of that, but this is right up there yes, with it those. It really it gets you. And, you know, we went as four of us mm-hmm. between the ages of, what, 26 and 28, 29. Yeah. Like, there was something for all of us, and we didn't ever feel like we were out of place. All of us came out saying how much we enjoyed it, so yeah. therefore, yeah. you know, nobody really had a bad thing to say. So it's it's really enjoyable, and I really recommend going to see it, actually. Yeah. I, I thought it's probably the best animation we've had this year. But you've seen... I saw Zootropolis, which I really liked. And what's it? When Marnie was there. Ah, oh, when Marnie was there. Um, but yeah, it's probably me... not the best for me, but it is certainly one of the best. Well, it, it, no, it's a, sorry, it's not the best for me, but it's one of the best, yeah. easily. It's up there with, with the best animations of the year so far. Okay, and so... it's certainly, on that traffic light scale... You're looking green all the way. Yeah, those traffic light scales. It's a better uh, way than fucking... Is it Whiplash or Pixel? <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Uh, okay. And you also saw... Uh, Hunt for the Wilderpeople. I keep thinking Wilderbeasts, but... Well, that's that's the thing, is that if you looked at the title without wild, uh, without knowing about it, you might say Wilder People, mm-hmm. because it is Wilder People. But it is it's, it basically takes its name from something that happens within the, the film. Uh, so Hunt for the World of People is a new uh, a new film by Taika Waititi, who did uh, What We Do in the Shadows. He's doing um, Thor Ragnarok. Did he do Flight of the Concord? He, he was heavily involved. Okay, okay. Because he didn't write or direct it, I don't think, but he may have had some... I think he was involved in it. I would need to check that. Maybe, maybe. Either way. Maybe I'm just saying facts are lies again. Anyway. So he's got Thor Ragnarok coming up and then something with Pixar as well. Yeah. Um, so this is uh, a film about a young boy who, a young orphan who is sent to live uh, with this woman. Who's, I believe his aunt? No, he's basically fostered by this couple. Yeah. And the uncle is played by Sam Neill. Mm-hmm. And um, it then turns into an adventure where he and Sam Neill are lost in the bush together. And they have to get back to civilization, whilst also being on the run from authorities. They become wanted fugitives whilst they're in the bush. 
it is incredibly funny. It's very heartwarming, poignant, but at the same time, it never lets up on the comedy. There's always something going on. You know, the relationship dynamic between the two of them really works. This sort of old curmudgeonly um, bearded bushman who's just there like, oh, I don't care about this kid, I don't care about this kid. And, you know, you see uh, throughout he gets this begrudging sort of respect for the kid and they learn to... It's a lot like Sam Neill's arc in Jurassic Park. Yeah, sort of with those kids, yeah. Okay, yeah. I, I kind of get what you're saying. I think it's perhaps a little bit more focused than that. In Jurassic Park. I think they spend less time in Jurassic Park looking at that dynamic. <laughs> I, I really think they had bigger fish to fry there, like, say, a Triceratops or... Being uh, chased by T-Rex. Yeah, or Jeff Goldblum's delivery. That's the biggest fish you can fry. <laughs> um, but what it is, is just a really beautiful tale. And the the great thing about it is because, it, you know, in the same way that when the Lord of the Rings movies came out, everyone was like, oh, wow, well, New Zealand's really beautiful. Well, yeah. Again, you get that. You get the idea of this sort of being halfway between sort of a documentary about how beautiful New Zealand is and halfway between being that and a sort of... I had a similar thing when I watched Sweeney. Yeah. Um, yeah like, I went, oh God, it's, London, it's what a beautiful how, place is lovely how shitty and gritty London is. <laughs> Thank it? you, Ray Winston and Plan B. You've really opened my eyes to how wonderful London is. Um, but it's it's great. It really is. And the performances are great from everyone. The dialogue's really charming and lovely. And it is, it's it's quite exciting now for me to think, okay, I wasn't particularly thrilled when I heard about him taking on Thor Ragnarok. Mm. I was like, well, I don't know what you're going to do with that. But after seeing this, I kind of feel like an adventure kind of movie is well within his ballpark. I think he can he can yeah. really do something I'm excited to see what he does with for, um, especially because it's basically a buddy road movie between him and the Hulk. But again, this feels, in, the, in that sense, this feels like a warm-up. Because yeah. you've got two sort of opposing characters, because Thor and the Hulk aren't necessarily the same person. They aren't the same personality type, certainly. And you kind of get the idea that they might be rubbing up against each other at some points in that film. And then they learn to get along and defeat evil or whatever. And that's sort of what happens here as well. I mean, I don't want to ruin the story by giving too much away. Yeah. But I think you really should watch it. And anyone listening really should watch it as well. Because of of the stuff that's out at the moment, there is there are a few gems. Kubo is one of them. This is another one. And mm. it's just wonderful. It's really just a nice film. You can watch it and just go, I'm I'm delighted that I've spent this amount kind of Kind of lose yourself in it for a little while. Yeah, and you know, you buy into the story and the dialogue's really, really sharp and there are some moments that had me crying with laughter. And some moments that had me close to tears as well. So it's it's one of those films. So it's a good week this week. It's a, it is. It's a week it's a great of two week. films we would recommend. We've avoided going to see any of the dog shit films like Ben-Hur. We presume. We can't I, say for certain. I have no interest in that film. I don't have that time. <laughs> I know it's shorter than the original, but I don't have that time. Like if it was the original, then you've got to take four weeks off work. Mm, you've yeah. got to then start watching it and just don't sleep for four weeks. It's a, it's a hard slot. It becomes a major part of your five-year plan. <laughs> Whereas uh, the new one seems to be shorter, but much more hated. <laughs> and the thing is, if I went and watched uh, the new Ben-Hur, that's more time off Rocket League. And, and you've... And you've You've eased off on Rocket League. I hit it hard like crack, and then I had to kind of take a step back and go... As I predicted might happen. What are you doing with your life, Andy? Um, But that's all for this week, I think. Yeah, I think Um, that's where we're going to have to leave it. But again, there's some good stuff that's out there at the moment that hopefully we'll be getting to see at some point, and be good to... Good to review next week, hopefully. We'll avoid the shit. 
probably not. I'm probably avoiding the shit. I'm probably going to dive straight in and watch something like. And um, I watched Transporter Refueled again. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't you watch Mechanic Resurrection? Why Ooh. haven't you watched Mechanic Resurrection? That's a discussion for another time. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, as ever, you can find us on Facebook at the Dinosaur Man Nerdcast. You can find us on Twitter. Dinosaur Man Fifteen is us there. It's the numbers fifteen, not the word. That would be longer and stupid. Ah, we are available on Buzzsprout, as you may know, iTunes, as you should definitely know, Stitcher, as you should also know if you have an Android phone. If you have any of these things and have ways of commenting, i.e. fingers, a mouth, uh, a thing, (laughs) a a pointer, a clicker, a cursor, click like, subscribe, rate, whatever the thing is, and then comment, say, hey, you guys are great, because we are. Here's two thumbs up. Two. Why not? Why not go for four? Four thumbs up. Give Find us someone else's hands. Use right. them as well. All Cut you need off to do, your hands. Go on iTunes. Put five stars and then just write the comments. Four thumbs up. That's all you need to do. Yeah. It's it's we'll literally take that. It's literally two minutes of work. You can even abbreviate it to FT. Uh, uh, I forgot what up start started with you, <laughs> not uh. <laughs> Uh, anyway, thank you to Johnny Neves as ever for the theme song. It is the best part of this podcast. I've been told. That's what I say. That's, that's what you say. We're brand loyal. Um, but that's it, I think, isn't it? Yeah. So thank you, Andy. You've been magnificent. Thank you, Alex. I've been. All right. Until oh, next no, time. I'll, I'll take that, yeah. So until next time, don't go thumb crazy. Die. 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 Die.